0: What it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, the Milwaukee Bucks ended the Cleveland Cavaliers' eight game win streak with a 126 116 victory over the Cavs. The Bucks' big three were outstanding tonight, with Giannis leading the way a big Giannis triple double tonight, his seventh of the season. We're going to discuss the game, see if we saw anything different tonight with the new coach. Quote unquote, in place tonight, as well as discuss John Horst's comments on the dismissal of Adrian Griffin. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks.
1: You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE, although the season has ended. Make sure y'all check that out. Joining me is longtime voice of the pod and founder of brewhoop.com, Frank Madden. We appreciate you for tuning in, and we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So go to PrizePicks.com/lockedonNBA and use the code all lowercase lockedonNBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Now, Frank, the last time the Bucks saw the Cavs, about a week ago, literally a week ago, Wednesday to Wednesday, the Bucks got blown out by forty points and things look a little bit different on the sideline. As we all know at this point, the Bucks have relieved head coach Adrian Griffin of his duties. Uh, Joe Prunty was the interim head coach tonight while the Bucks got their lick back with the 126-116 victory, as mentioned. And this was an important game coming up. We knew it the moment that the Bucks got blown out last week by the Cavs that this game was going to be big for them because the Cavs have been outstanding so far in the month of January. They have been gaining on the Bucks in the standings. We're aware that the Bucks have a difficult schedule coming up, so this win was very much needed um, against the Cavs with the new head coach in place, interim for the moment. Uh, did you happen to notice anything different from this team tonight?
1: Uh, I don't think we saw anything dramatically different. You know, um, I, th- I think especially in the second half they had a, a probably like four or five miscommunications on uh on coverages on the perimeter that led to open threes. I think the Cavs missed most of them, although they they started to punch them a bit more in that little fourth quarter run they had. Um you know I think we saw a whole lot of Damian as pick and roll down the stretch, which obviously I mean we've seen a lot of that in crunch time I'd say throughout the season, but it's obviously been just sort of a common refrain. It's like why isn't there more of that? Right. Um so you know again, I mean Joe Prunty's been here, right? I think it's gonna be a more interesting question. Um. Once Doc Rivers, can we say Doc Rivers' name out loud? Right. Like,
0: that's the word. Like, like, can like we say it.
1: <laughs> yeah. John Horst uh, wasn't wasn't saying the name uh, during the press conference today, but all indications, reporting is that uh, Doc Rivers is signed, sealed, and delivered. So I think that's going to be the real question. You know, bringing in somebody obviously who's been on the outside. Um, you know, we interesting. We've heard some of his thoughts on the Bucks based on some of the interviews he's done with Bill Simmons at the Ringer. And he's talked a lot about the Damianus pick and roll and needing more, more of the ball in Dame's hands. Um, but yeah, it felt like tonight was honestly, Camille, you know, when they were up by 21 in the third quarter, I was sitting there thinking, is this going to end up being just like the most normal, well-played Bucks game of the season? Like no weird, like deficits, blown leads, playing with their food, just Giannis being awesome not like peak Dame or anything like that, but Dame was good. You know, he didn't, didn't, uh, shoot quite as well from the field as, as you might like, but got to the line a bit, you know, generally I thought controlled the pace and tempo of the game pretty well. And Chris was really good yeah. again tonight as well. Um, and so it's kind of like, man, are they just going to like take, you know, they, they closed well in the second quarter, 10 point lead at half, very good defensive first half, 51 points allowed to the, to the, to the Cavs who have been awesome as you reference of late, uh, and so, yeah, I was I was holding out hope that maybe they would just like run away and hide and it would be like a non-dramatic game. And it wasn't dramatic, but I think it got as close as six at one point
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the fourth quarter as the Cavs started to make some shots, which, hey, that's fair. Right. You can't expect the Cavs to just, you know, go six for 43 every game. Um, but it was good to see. I mean, there really wasn't a three point differential in this game and the Bucks, you know, kind of controlled it throughout. I don't know. Was this wire to wire? Uh Maybe I think it might have been wire to wire, I right? Because so. Chris Chris scored the first basket of the game, th- I yep. think, uh, and I think they were then up like six two, and they kind of got out to a bit of a lead. So I think that may have been a wire to wire win, which, uh, you know, normalcy, well played basketball, wire to wire win. That's uh, those are kind of things all go together. So, uh, yeah, Chris, Dame, and then just an absolute superlative performance from mm. Giannis. Uh, that's a pretty good recipe for for Bucks <laughs> basketball, and. I mean, I'm not going to say, I mean, we, we've seen this team have fun throughout the season, right? Like we've seen Lee Beasley doing his wiggles. We've seen Giannis celebrating the NASA doing the NASA stuff. Um, it's not like this has been like a joyless season on the board right. or something like that. Uh, but it was good. It was nice. It was refreshing to see guys seemingly having a lot of fun on the floor uh, and ultimately coming away with a victory against a team that again, has been playing really well. And they are down a couple of major pieces in Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, but, you know, seem to have figured out a rhythm and uh, and kind of just a way of playing, which involves has involved a ton of three-point shooting. And yeah. old friend Sam Merrill, who we saw hitting some threes tonight. Uh, and so fortunately, the Bucks were able to kind of contain them early and, uh, yeah, just kind of play from the front and, again, just kind of control the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the Sam Merrill threes, when he hit those three threes and the Roush, just like, my goodness, this guy can get hot really quickly. And I mean, two of those, well, honestly, all three of those. No, I'll say two. Two of them for sure that I remember came off of just the Bucks getting killed and pick and roll like we've seen before. To your point, like, was there anything different? Not too much. Uh, this team looked like the Milwaukee Bucks do when they have some effort and they're playing really hard. You could tell this was a game they wanted. Um, not only, I would think, because of, the standings and what that means, as mentioned, the Cavs have been right behind them, but there's been a lot of noise around this team with the dismissal of Adrian Griffin, all the noise around who the next head coach is going to be. So being able to get out on the floor, just play basketball, like you said, have fun, um, I think was good for this team. And we mentioned that Giannis was doing this thing. 35 points. 18 rebounds, 10 assists, a monster triple-double. And the last couple assists that he had came at a time where the Bucks needed it because, like you mentioned, the Cavs were pushing in that fourth quarter. The Bucs won all three of the first quarters, but the fourth quarter was the only quarter the Cavs won, again, making them very close for him. And Giannis was whipping passes to the corners, to open shooters, and the open shooters happened to be Chris Middleton and Malik Beasley. So you'd love to see that involvement. We mentioned that Chris Middleton had a good game tonight, 24 points, 8 of 15 from the field. Dame, like you said, didn't shoot as well as you like to see from the field itself. But the fact that he continuously get himself to the free throw line, Dame shot 11 free throws tonight while Giannis only had three. Like that's (laughs) that's something that I'm not used to seeing on this team. And it just goes to show, again, the force that Dame was playing with, with his shot not falling trying to make something happen, going to the rim. We have seen that in the past be a detriment to him when the ref isn't calling these fouls and he's still trying to sell them. But listen, the whistle was going for him a bit tonight um, and he was able to get those to fall. And Frank, I want to get your opinion on something because talked about the big three, of course, led with Giannis, and I think that's fair because of what he's been doing this season. This is his seventh triple-double of the season. We are 44 games into the season. He has already tied uh, his career-most triple-doubles in a season. He has been putting up some gaudy numbers himself. We know he broke the franchise record of points this season with 64. Um, he's been shooting the ball well, even with the lower usage rate with Dame being in town. And I want to just get your opinion on Giannis and the MVP race when we come back from this break. writing can be difficult. Staring at a blank page with the cursor flashing and no idea where to start, it can be frustrating. And writing doesn't doesn't have to be that. It should really be another form of expression, something fun. And when it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you can trust to help you across all places where you write the most. And now, Grammarly even helps you do more. With just one click, you can easily And I do mean easily brainstorm, rewrite and reply with suggestions based on your context and your goals so you can improve productivity for you and your teams. So when you're stuck writing with work, Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines and even tips. For myself, something I would go and ask Grammarly is just like, hey, could you give me 10 possible taglines for a video thumbnail? And they would generate something for me to consider, tweak and use to my own liking. So if you need to draft something like an important email and you don't know where to start, Grammarly also has suggestions that could jumpstart your writing. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. PricePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And honestly, It's no wonder why that is. It's the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. There is no worrying about battling against thousands of other players, which normally includes those pros and those sharks. With prize picks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. Me personally, one thing that I love the most about prize picks is the quick withdrawals. When I win, I want my money quickly. I'm patient about a lot, but not about my coin. So, when you combine that quick withdrawal plus the easy gameplay plus enormous selection of players and stat types, it all adds up to make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So, go to locked on NBA and use code on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We truly appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Bucks. We do our best to bring you Milwaukee Bucks content every single day. And when the Bucks are the center of the NBA world, we're bringing you more content than just one a day. So a special shout out to the everydayers who do tune in Monday through Friday for every episode. And if you enjoy what we do at Locked On Bucks, I got to put you on on Locked On Sports because Locked On Sports is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel available on YouTube. On there, you will see 24-7 24-7 coverage of top sports stories of the day. And all of it is brought to you by the local experts of Locked On. Plus, you get to see our national shows that cover every league as well. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 sh- streaming channel. Now, Frank, like I asked before the break, Giannis and the MVP conversation. There's been a lot of noise around the Bucks even before the dismissal of Adrian Griffin, just around like, hey, this team doesn't look right. This team should be looking a little bit better, despite the fact that at the time of Adrian Griffin's dismissal, he had a 30-13 and 13 record, and the Bucs were second in the East at that time, um, as they are now. But Giannis' name hasn't really been one you've heard a lot at the top of the MVP charts. And listen, that is not me saying that there are no other players who are playing well, because what you see MB doing has been Dope, what you see uh, Shea go to Alexander doing has been amazing. Luca. there's a lot of guys playing some good ball. But do you think that Giannis's name should be spoken about a little bit more? Or do you think that this noise around the team is kind of affecting that a bit?
1: I mean, I think the noise hurts, right? I think the narrative around the Bucs in general um, is kind of going to drag everyone down to an extent. I mean, Dame's all-star candidacy, which I think if you look at the advanced metrics and even just like, you know, the – raw per minute type stuff uh i mean he's right there with the guys that a lot of people think are like clearly ahead of him in the all-star race including like jalen brunson tyrese Maxey. i mean if you didn't know what the narrative the narratives were around these guys like you know you would not guess that like tyrese Maxey and jalen brunson are like the no-brainer guys ahead of dame or anything like that um So I think that's, that's hard. And it's, I think it's especially crappy for Giannis because like Giannis has been kind of the guy holding the ship together. Right. You know, I think he's got the single best argument for like why they're 31 and 13 and not worse. And I mean, there's a stat clutch win, win, uh, wins added uh, which uh, I'll, I'll retweet it um, later tonight. So if people want to see it, but basically it looks at, you know, what players do in the last five minutes and, kind of uses some advanced metrics and, and basically figures out like, or sorry, it's win probability added. And Giannis is like way ahead of, in that, which kind of surprised me, right? Cause we know he's been always been a great fourth quarter scorer. He's leading right. the NBA in fourth quarter points, um, but he's kind of doing everything, even in clutch time when we think of him not being the guy with the ball in his hand. So I hope that, uh, you know, we get a bit more acknowledgement of what Giannis is doing. And I think to, you know, th- there's basically, I think three guys, that he's got a leapfrog, right? It's Jokic, it's Embiid, it's Gilgis Alexander in some order. I think Embiid will probably be the front runner, just given the historic scoring that he's been doing. And he's got the opposite. Like everybody thought the Sixers were going to be, you know, in trouble and, oh, now they're a nice story. It's like, well, they're slightly behind the bucks in the standings, but nobody seems to care about that. Uh, (laughs) So I think Embiid's probably the front runner right now, again, just because of the scoring stats, which are historically incredible, like literally the highest permanent scoring average in the history of the sport, including Wilt's 50-point-per-game season. Like He's even scoring more per minute than Wilt did back back then. Um, So I I think it's going to be tough. Embiid has already missed 10 games. If he misses eight more games, he's no longer going to be eligible because of the 65-game requirement that exists this year. and so I think a lot of this honestly comes down to a, honestly a couple of things. I think it's going to come down to where the Bucks end up in the standings relative to those other guys. I think if you know Denver wins the West in the regular season, and you know let's say Embiid does miss too many games, I think Jokic is probably going to win MVP because of just again combination of coming off the championship, perception of being the best player in the world, who's proven it by winning a championship. The statistical stuff remains absolutely incredible um, when you look at some of the aggregate win all catch all type stats. Um, and then I think with Shea, I, I have a hard time seeing Shea leap leap ahead of both Joe and and Jokic. Um, I could see him finishing ahead of Giannis just because he got the narrative like he's fresh, he's new. Like we haven't put him in the All Star or the MVP conversation yet. And I think honestly, I think Giannis's biggest problem is that. Not only for what you reference as far as just the Bucks, like being just kind of like, oh, what's wrong with the Bucks? Like that whole storyline, like the Debbie Downer storyline, is never going to make it easier <laughs> to win MVP. But I think the other piece too with Giannis is, I think especially when a guy has gotten to the mountaintop and he's been the MVP a couple times, like the media needs some narrative about like how he's better than he was in the past, and it doesn't even need to necessarily be like a real, thing, <laughs> a real thing. Like he might be worse at other stuff, but like oh, he's added this to, this to his game. And like we see it with MB people are like, Oh, look at his passing this year. Yeah. Right. It's like, you, you see what Giannis is doing tonight. He's got, he's got almost four triple doubles in a row, three out of four. Three out
0: of four. Yeah.
1: The three passes I, I posted on Twitter that, you know, right around under inside two minutes tonight, he makes three utterly awesome passes in the span of about 20, 25 seconds of game action. The, the, Catch one hand, whip one hand to Chris in the corner who misses it. Brooke tap out. Giannis gets it back. Immediately it another bullet pass right back to Chris. What a beautiful statement about their relationship, right? Like, Chris, right. I, I trust you, brother. He know he Take really went to shot. miss twice. Exactly. And, uh, and he cashes that one out. And then Donovan Mitchell pulls a quick three. Giannis gets the rebound, dribble down. Giannis starts cutting across and one of those little like almost whip bowling uh bowling ball passes to the corner for Malik Beasley. Giannis is, I mean, if you guys haven't seen the clip, Giannis is running down the floor with his finger up, like saying, like, we got it, as Bees is like letting go of the shot. It was like a beautiful statement of belief in Malik Beasley, who's been cashing those shots for Giannis all season. So uh, you know, what a great sort of statement of his passing ability, mm-hmm. which again, for some reason, like Giannis is ball handling and his passing just like are perpetually like ignored by like average fans casual fans like the hooper versus baller stuff like don't those people like respect awesome passing and dribbling and being able to create your own shot like why is a seven footer who can do that better than like anybody we've ever seen in the history of the sport like not appreciated for that i don't know camille it's stupid (laughs) it makes no sense like skill is not just mid-range jump shots, but for some reason that's what people kind of overindex on. So I, I think if I think they're probably, you know, there's got to be like a little bit also the perception of like, well, Giannis is, you know, because like look at what Giannis is doing. He his finishing at the rim, his ability to create shots and the paint. I mean, he's just kind of like the guy he was, and he's just doing that stuff better than ever. He's not taking as many threes. Was one for one tonight. Um and he's, you know, just kind of doing stuff, right? Like if he, was, if he was shooting 75% from the foul line, I bet people would be like, oh, he solved that part of his game, you know? Right, right. So, you know, get over 70% from the line maybe. That would probably help the perception a little bit too. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's going to be really hard. You know, I don't wish ill on Joel Embiid, but maybe rest him eight more games, get him out of the MVP conversation. And then I think a lot of it just comes down to how well the Bucks finish. They're going to have a lot of primetime games against these guys. They've got Jokic coming up. Here, right around the corner, they've got a couple more games against the Sixers as well. So, you know, again, I don't think those individual matchups, especially given that he doesn't like traditionally guard those guys one on one, is like the way that you decide the MVP. But, I mean, if you want to make your MVP case and you're kind of working from behind a little bit, the best way to catch up is to go out and wreck the dudes that uh, that are ahead of you and win those games. So, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that that the Bucks can make some noise and turn stuff around. And again, if they start playing better basketball, then I think people will gladly say like, oh, Doc Rivers, ooh, they've done some good things. And, you know, hopefully that narrative can flip a little bit, even if, again, they haven't necessarily like become a radically different team
0: right right and I think what could help as well when you're looking at future forecasting for Giannis you mentioned a lot of great points and I think one uh, that should also be mentioned is the fact that the Bucks have the toughest schedule remaining in the NBA so far this season so we've seen what Giannis has been doing against one of the easiest schedules in the NBA now it's flipping and now the Bucks do have the most difficult schedule remaining in the NBA if you're out here putting up big numbers against big competition uh, that should definitely go for something like the Bucks have to still see remaining this season the Celtics twice, the Timberwolves twice, the Thunder twice, the 76ers twice, the Nuggets twice, and the Clippers twice. And the Clippers have been playing some really good ball as well. And to rewind to your passing point, Giannis has always been somebody who's been a willing passer. He's always had an affinity for it. And I felt like when Bud implemented his five out system, that helped out Giannis a little bit more because he always knew where someone was supposed to be at on the floor. So a lot of those no looks, those blind passes, he could do it trusting that his teammates were going to be in the spots on the floor where he thought that they would be. Earlier in the season, I said, I think there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for Giannis getting used to where guys are on the court, some new teammates, getting familiar with that. And when you add in the fact that another guy he can pass the ball to is Damian Lillard, somebody who so far this season hasn't shot as well as we know that he can, has, as he historically can, that's going to open up a lot more assist opportunities for Giannis as well. The fact that he's already tied his, or his career, or his season high of triple doubles already at this point in the season, I think he's going to cross that double digit uh, line this season at this pace for sure. So something to consider with this team, something to go forward with. And like you mentioned, there's been a lot of narrative around this team and today john Horst got up in front of the media and he wanted to have a conversation about what happened and address a little bit of the narrative as well we're going to react to some of the comments from john Horst after this whether you're braving the cold or you're dealing with crowds grocery shopping at this time of the year is the worst and it's been freezing here in milwaukee It was 35 36 degrees today and it felt like a heat wave. So with weather like this, why not stay home and let Hungry Root handle it for you? With Hungry Root, you can kickstart a week of healthy eating, and you can get groceries delivered right to your door. Hungry Root makes it easier for everyone to get healthy. They support all of the major diets and lifestyles like gluten-free, vegan, dairy-free, vegetarian, and so many others. You head to Hungry Root, you take a fun short quiz, and then Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. They'll ask you what flavors you like, what kitchen appliances you use, and more just to make sure that what they're sending you actually fits your needs and your preferences. Hungry Root goes beyond the weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually will put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of the fridge. And we've all been there where you're like, I'm going to eat really healthy this week. You get all this salad, you get all these vegetables, and the next thing you know... They're behind the takeout in the fridge. The best part about Hungry Root is that it follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good. It's got to be quick to make. And it has to contain whole and trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On Bucks listeners 40% off your first delivery. and, And you will also get free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash locked on to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash locked on. And don't forget to use our link so they can know that we sent you. John Horst spoke today ahead of the Bucks game against the Cavaliers, and he talked about the dismissal of Adrian Griffin. He came out very at the top saying, hey, there's no Doc Rivers talk. This is a press conference about the dismissal of Adrian Griffin, if you want to talk about that. And my first thoughts after hearing some of his comments was just first like, John Horse is good at his job. He is not going to give too much away in these comments. He was able to navigate that line very successfully. But I did hear a theme myself while he was talking, and I kept hearing the words maximizing an opportunity. And I feel like that is what he was banking on and talked about. That's why they let Adrian Griffin go. He said, quote, the team itself has changed from when we hired him and we felt an opportunity to improve and get better. And we wanted to take advantage of that opportunity. Later on in the conference, he also mentioned the fact that, quote, I believe in this team at a high level in ownership, myself and Peter. We, we've continued to be bold and be aggressive and try to figure out how to maximize these chances we have. And that's what we're doing here. He also said that, quote, What we're looking for now is a path to go forward and maximize this group from a leadership perspective and an experience perspective. We want to try to bring in a coach that can really take us to the next level where we think we can go with this group. And again, that is not just about coaching. The players have to be better and have to improve. My group has to continue to figure out how to improve the roster, but we think coaching is an element for us to get better. And with all that John Horse said, like I mentioned, he didn't say much, but what was clear is that he felt that Listen, Adrian Griffin was good, and he thinks that Adrian Griffin will get another opportunity to coach in the NBA. But right now, for what this team needs, as this team has changed, with Giannis having signed his extension, with Dame being on the roster, with Brook back, with Chris back, that the window of opportunity is now, and there's a sense of urgency that they don't want to waste.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, you know, uh, there was definitely some things that were said for the sake of being said, right? No, not trying to kick Adrian Griffin on the way out, so... uh have I don't, some Yeah. have Yeah. Uh, is Adrian Griffin ever going to be a head, a head coach again in the NBA? I would probably guess not, although... I'm curious where we should probably look this up, Camille, like where he's where he ranks on the all time uh, coach winning percentage list, because he might be at the very top, you know, like you say that. he's 69.8%. I think I saw his uh, his winning percentage was this year. So, hey, if he just, you know, never is a head coach again, uh, he can retire with uh, if not one of, if not the the best uh, career winning percentage. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that that's of too much solace, but at least he'll. He'll still get paid out his contract, so you know he'll he'll be fine. Um, I thought probably the thing that kind of made me chuckle most was uh, you know he very correctly, John made it clear he did not consult with any of his players. It was his decision. John Horst was just observing from you know just watching himself of course would never ask Giannis his opinion about whether or not he wants a new coach would never ask Dame a, a question. So, so bold would never put them in that position. So yes, he took the, he took that responsibility. So
0: good you, good can't job. Blame,
1: you can't blame Giannis and Dame. Yeah. And of course, absolutely no one will believe that, but you know, you got to say what, uh, what you got to say. So uh, yeah, you know, he, uh, he did what he had to do, you know, Show your face in front of the media, right? If it's your call, you gotta you gotta face the music and you gotta take accountability for that. He did it, and uh, as I was saying last night, when Justin and I were talking about it in the second pod that we that we did collectively yeah. yesterday, uh, you know, I I give the Bucks credit. Like they said, this isn't working, and typically teams will kind of try to power through and hope that things are going to change. And the Bucks said, you know what? We've seen enough. And uh, I I mentioned it last night as well. I mean, when teams make mistakes with coaches, it's when they hire the wrong guy. It's generally not that they fired the wrong guy, right? When you fire a guy, it's because he's been in, you know, your building, you've been watching him, you've been working with him. You know how the guy operates and you can tell whether things are working or not. Of course, some great coaches have been fired. Some guys have gotten fired in one place and had great success. Others, yes, that happens, absolutely. Uh, But typically when teams move on, it's because something has to happen. And I think uh, we obviously all speculated about whether they would get to that point. And we got our answer. Yes, they mm-hmm. did. And, you know, the original sin here is is the fact that they hired Griff in the first place. And, um, you know, I think we can obviously, I think I mentioned last night, I mean, I think it, it reflects poorly on almost everybody, right? Whether you want to say like, well, Giannis, you, you shouldn't have thrown your support behind him. You shouldn't have been anti-Nick Nurse. You know, Dame, you haven't been what we thought you were going to be this year. You, have you been playing hard enough for, for Griff? You know, were you mad about Terry Stotts? Uh, and of course, John Horst, in the front office for ultimately being the guys that, that hired him and now I've had to fire him, but um, but better to do it now yeah. than to just sort of let it fester. And um, you know, I think the only, the only concern I would have is, you know, I think, Doc is a very reasonable guy to bring in under these circumstances, but you know, no, nobody would have said Doc Rivers, "We want you as the, well." Fans, I'm, I'm saying, I'm projecting myself in fans, but like nobody had Doc Rivers at the top of their list over the summer when you had a lot more options, and so now you're in a position. We don't know exactly what his contractual situation is going to be, but you can bet he's not here for six months and then needing a new contract. I'm guessing he's got probably three years, uh, at least two including this one. And, uh, it will be very costly if the Bucks decide to move on from him, uh, next summer. And so that's an interesting question. Like what is, what do the Bucks have to accomplish? What does Doc Rivers need to show to not get fired and be the third Bucks coach getting paid while not being employed by the team next year? Um, we'll see, but of course, you know, not having a training camp, you know, it's like, uh, it's tough. We talked about Adrian Griffin being up against, you know, uh, between a rock and a hard place as a first-year head coach with the expectations and everything that went into this season, but even Doc Rivers experience as he is coming in midseason, that's also really difficult. So, again, um, you know, I thought he, I thought John Rivers made an interesting point about players and how adaptable they are. You know, guys get traded, they fit in and figure stuff out, and mm-hmm. uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see just how much the Bucks change. You know, what what different vision does Doc Rivers have for this team? Than what we've seen so far. Uh, so I think that'll be obviously something that we'll probably talk a lot about. And I thought the only other thing probably the news wise from today was just I think Woj referenced uh Dave Yeager as yes. you know a potential candidate to join the staff. Obviously, he's not gonna come in and you know totally like bring in a whole new assistant coaching staff, but Dave Yeager, you know, a guy that has been a uh, head coach in multiple places, has had real success, probably got a raw deal. I think it was in Sacramento was his last stop, you know, with sort of the, yeah. the, the the turnstile of head coaches uh, in Sacramento. So, um, you know, Dave Yeager, the kind of guy, like if Dave Yeager had been on Adrian Griffin's staff, like Terry Stotts, you know, if you fire Griff, you're probably just elevating him to head coach. So if you could bring in Doc Rivers and you bring in a guy like Dave Yeager, who worked with Doc in Philadelphia the last couple of years, um, you know, I think you're just adding a lot of veteran kind of coaching competency to, uh, to the bench, which, You know, again, one of the challenges of being a first year head coach, you're probably not going to hire the like best staff because you've never had to do that before. And you don't have, you know, the stable of guys that are going to follow you around, which obviously, Bud, that was a, a huge strength of his.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you made a the comment about like if you would have known that Doc Rivers is going to be the coach, it's not really inspiring. But it's crazy how much things change after seeing the Bucks play this season. And I was still saying like maybe they can still win with Griff, like if they can just adjust maybe some personnel, if they can get the defense together, the low hanging fruit. Uh, and then you still saw some of the defensive miscommunications tonight as well with this team that needs to be cleaned up. But if you would have told me back in May that Doc Rivers was going to be the guy. I would have said, but we got Doc Rivers at home. Like we just got rid of Doc Rivers at home with Mike Budenholzer. Some of their perceived weaknesses happen to be the same. Although Doc has a more sordid history when it comes to uh, flaming out in the playoffs, I'll say. But there's going to be a lot more time to talk about what Doc brings and what Doc doesn't. Once the news of that we've heard so far be reported about him being hired becomes official by the Milwaukee Bucks. So think that's a good place to wrap up here on the day. Appreciate you all for tuning in to Locked On Bugs. As a reminder, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube and make sure that you subscribe. For Frank and myself, we'll catch you later.